Amen. What a great song when we think about what this last week has been about of just thanking God for so many things. And at the top of that list is indeed his faithfulness to us, his ongoing consistency of love and care and mercy and grace. So we are so glad to get to assemble together today on this Thanksgiving weekend. It's kind of like we said at the beginning of today, it's a unique service in a lot of ways, but especially that of just kind of on the back end of a week when Trinity's leaders have invited you to be a people of prayer and fasting this week. I can't wait to hear even today as we share a little bit and just I'm priming that pump. If there is something from this series or something from even your week of prayer and fasting that you would just want to say, hey, I just want to give God credit for this and give him glory for what he's doing in my life or what he shared with me, I would love for you to be able to share with us together today. But as we come to the end of that week, my hope is that we see God on the move among us in some powerful ways, ways that, like we've said before, when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. And as God's people have been praying this week, I'm excited to see what that begins to do in the hearts and lives of not only us, but even as that influence radiates out into our community. What I wanted to do today is I wanted to kind of give you a recap. Some of you, if you're a guest with us today, either online or online, then this will we'll just kind of give you a 10-week series in about two minutes. But here's an overview of kind of what we've been doing in this series we've called Armed. And we dialed in looking at the end of Ephesians 6, the last chapter in Ephesians and the last part of that chapter, looking at this idea of trying to identify what has been so challenging for months of, of trying to identify who is our enemy. Because at times we've been very misdirected. We've thought it's that person or this group have been really with the biggest problem in my life, those who face me or are adversarial towards me. And while there may be people who are like that, at the end of the day, what we reminded ourselves of is that our real true enemy is none other than God's own enemy, Satan himself. And that though there might be people that are frustrating and challenging and even enemy-like in the way they respond to us, what we've seen is, number one, God can redeem every single individual no one is beyond his reach. And secondly, for those of us in the body of Christ, the Bible always refers to us as brothers and sisters, not enemies. So we've wanted to kind of raise our gaze and see really the, the landscape of really what's been going on in our lives over these last months that have brought so much angst and frustration in our culture, in our community, and even in our church. And realizing that the real enemy is not each other. One of the things that was powerful to us at the very beginning of this series is that we saw that every verb at the end of this part of Ephesians 6 is a second person plural. It's a y'all. It gets lost in our English translations because you singular and you plural is the same word. But Paul's original audience, the church at Ephesus, would have easily understood that spiritual battle was never intended to be something you do as a single solitary soldier which is the way that many of us have understood Ephesians 6. But then we realize, no, this is a y'all. Every one of these verbs is talking about us and how we're to be a united army engaged together in spiritual battle. 
Then we started the series with a foundational understanding of by whom we're equipped, our strength, our resource, all of them come from God. And we were also told what the battle plan was. What is the mission? And the mission, we saw this, these, this phrase again and again, stand firm. Stand firm, we saw, it was actually a, a wrestling term. And what it all came down to is the way that you won a first century wrestling match is that you were the last one standing. It was always about not being thrown to the ground and putting your enemy on the ground instead. So that's our call, to stand firm in the midst of spiritual battle. Then we began looking at the different pieces of armament. We saw this idea of truth kind of likened to that of a belt, that which kind of holds everything in place. Hilke did a great job that week talking about just how the Bible calls us to be a people who are grounded in reality. And in our world, probably more than ever, there are people who are living their own narratives, living their own versions of truth, when in reality, there's one truth. And that's what kind of holds everything together in our lives. Next, we talked about this idea of the breastplate of righteousness and how what God has given us in the person of Jesus, him being the righteous sacrifice, like the song said, like Greg said, the perfect lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is our righteous sacrifice, and so we derive our righteousness simply because of what he's done on our behalf. And we realize that we are called also, there's a a powerful application to live rightly towards those in our lives as well. We saw that faith was likened to a shield and, and not that gladiator little round shield that we're so used to seeing in movies, but instead that little door shield. And that little door shield was powerful when we realized not only is it so huge and really meant to protect the entire body of a warrior, of a soldier, but in that tortoise formation, the way that first century Roman soldiers would have taken that shield and would have created basically this, this way that as arrows, fiery arrows, right, that we talked about, that were being shot at them, they could create this shell around the entire group of soldiers, not just a single soldier, but them working together as a team, shielding themselves to extinguish the fiery darts. We saw those as areas of doubt and distrust that Satan shoots our way to be able to cause us to not walk in faith. We saw that we've been called to be this people who have a posture of readiness that comes from the gospel. These shoes fitted. Bill brought that message that weekend and talked about it's even less than about shoes, but more of a posture ready to go and bring the gospel. And we saw that the gospel portrayed in Ephesians is a gospel of peace, a gospel that tore down the walls of hostility between Jew and Gentile and between all of humanity towards God. That gospel we're to be ready with to go and bring to a a world who needs it so much. We saw that salvation was likened to a helmet. And that which is to protect our most valuable asset from beginning to cheapen the grace of God. And thinking that somehow salvation is something just to take for granted. Versus something to be deeply grateful for, for what we've been rescued from. We realize that we've been handed the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. And and we're to use the word of God for so many things. But when it comes to spiritual battle, we're to use it like Jesus did when he was tempted by Satan. Just simply the word of God that speaks back into temptations that would cause us to deviate from God's design. And finally, we realized how prayer 
we saw this last week, is to meant to be this, not just a communication tool, but to call upon the power of God to energize us, us all, that we would be able to live in his resource and in his strength. I love so much that we, the leaders of Trinity, our elders, our directional team, our pastors, our directors, we asked you last week to invite us or to invite you into a week of prayer and fasting for Trinity. As we looked every day this last week at just biblical prayers, this is right out of the scriptures, out of John, out of Ephesians, out of Colossians, just asking us to look over these biblical prayers, praying them back to God on behalf of this body. And my hope that you were able to engage even a part of that. Remember we said last week, that wasn't an all or nothing proposition. Any part, something is always better than nothing. So even, even if you did a great job fe feasting on Thursday and giving thanks to the Lord, and man, I'm sure hoping that that video resource that we gave you was helpful in your family. Man, it was so great for our family to gather around and listen to some of the different narratives of just experience that people at Trinity have had in seeing God's faithfulness this last year in the midst of so many challenges. I'm so grateful for everyone who shared in that video and then prompted as a catalyst opportunities for our family to share as well. So on the tales of that, that's kind of what this series has been about over the last 10 weeks. One thing that we also saw identified that was powerful, I got an email from someone from Trinity who made this great connect the dot. Every week we kind of had a chart when we were going through different uh, pieces of armor and I always talked about our position in Christ. And he asked me the question, he's like, when I look at the armor of God, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the, the qualities and the character of Jesus. Think about that just for a second. If that's maybe the first time that dot is connecting in your mind, Jesus, it says, he says, I am the truth. It, it begins and ends with me. He is our righteousness because he alone could go and make that sacrifice on our behalf. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, Hebrews chapter 12. So our faith derives out of what he's accomplished on our behalf. He is why we can have assurance of what we hope for, confidence in what we don't yet see. The gospel is all wrapped up in who Jesus is, what he accomplished, and how he did bring peace to us vertically with God and horizontally with one another. He is indeed the source of our salvation. I, I so love, I think it was on Friday, we read that prayer from Colossians 1. He has brought us over from the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of the son he loves. He is the word of God. And when it comes to prayer, we saw this last week, he not only prayed for us in a garden, but he still is right now at the right hand of the Father praying, interceding for you and me today, for us. So in a sense, when we think about putting on the armor of God, other places in the New Testament, what does it say? Put on Christ. Clothe yourselves is literally what that wording is saying. Clothe yourselves with Christ. Every time I see that phrase in the New Testament moving forward, it's going to draw me back to Ephesians 6. Because I believe those are synonymous phrases. Putting on Christ is putting on spiritual armor to engage in spiritual battle together. So my hope of what you're walking away with in this series 
is really two big ideas that I would love to just kind of permeate in your mind and in your soul moving forward. Because spiritual battle, just because we've taught about it for 10 weeks, doesn't by any means mean, number one, we're done with it. And it surely doesn't mean that we've arrived. It's just a great reminder of trying to get our eyes on what is really happening and not failing to see the true spiritual dimension in what we're facing. So in it, as we move forward, my hope and prayer would be that we would, as a group, continue to follow closely our commander, follow closely Jesus as he leads his church. Trinity Church has always been his. But secondly, that we would do that arm in arm, engaging in spiritual battle together. If that comes out of this series, man, I'll be so absolutely grateful. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to give an opportunity. We're going to sing what has really been an anthem. Justin and Fallon have been such great friends of Trinity Church. Some of you have even been up to Forest Home where Justin often leads family camp worship during weeks. And he's been a part of our church family, just coming out like he's done today and leading worship. They're going to lead us, kind of has been an anthem for us in this series, is that great song, Waymaker. We're going to sing that in just a moment. And at the back end of that song, I'm going to come back up, and we're just going to give you an opportunity to share. If there's something in this series that has been helpful to you, maybe it's been something about the idea of, of one of the pieces of armor that you've seen in a fresh way. Maybe it's been something in this series about just the, the general idea of spiritual battle that's been really helpful, a new way of seeing it that's really opened your eyes to some things. Or maybe it's just been this. What's happened this last week as you've been engaged in prayer and fasting for Trinity Church? Love to hear from one another. Those of you online, we're gonna give you the opportunity not only here, here, but hopefully after the service to share with each other as well. Maybe something that God just bubbled to the top in your life. So would you do this with me? Would you stand? We're gonna sing Waymaker. We're gonna sing it loud because we absolutely believe that Jesus is. With him, all things are possible. He makes a way. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Sing it again. You are here. Moving in our midst, I worship you, I worship you. You are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you. Sing it out, here we go. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here. You are here. Touching every heart, I worship you, I worship you. You are here, healing every 
That's good. Can we give the Lord some praise? It's so good. Amen. Go ahead and take a seat unless you want to make your way up here. Here's what we're going to do. It is always hardest to go first, right? It's how it is. But if you want to come and share, this is what I ask you to do. We'll just kind of make a line going this way. And if you even want to come from the back, if you just come around the side and come and just stand over here in the shade, we'll at least cool you off. And that'll be great. And um, I love it so much, just the opportunity. You hear from me way too much. It's great to get an opportunity to hear from each other. So go ahead, get Lynn Ray, why don't you go first? And then if you'd like to share, just come and join her behind. This is funny that you asked me to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Better? So um, actually, Doug and I weren't even supposed to be here this morning. We were going to go down to Long Beach to go to church with our um, daughter and son-in-law. But she was... Um, actually attacked by a dog oh, yesterday wow. afternoon and so she's home resting she's fine now but um, at the last mi minute we decided to go ahead and come here today so um, I I did learn some things in this um, in this series on the armor of God one of the things I learned is that um, when I've taught this before it's always been you know, you see the soldier and, and you have the pieces and you go through each one and it's this soldier standing there alone. But I, I loved how you kept reminding us that we're not in this alone. We're, we're an army and, and we put on all of the armor. No piece is more important than the other. We need all of it. And so that was encouraging to me just to thank the Lord that in this time on earth, we have so many resources and we're not in it alone. We're in it together and it is a battle and it, it never stops. And I love that we have that hope, but we also, the hope of heaven when we won't have that battle anymore, but while we're here, we have so much hope, too, because of all the resources that we have. And that was encouraging that all y'all just kept ringing through the whole thing. And it's like, we're in this together, and the Lord has given us everything we need. So that was encouraging to me. And then the thing about prayer and fasting, I have to be honest, we never really have fasted before. Um, so that was a new experience for us. And Doug and I had several conversations on, because we're rule people, on how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for me, the main thing was just um, realizing how much I need the presence of God. And and taking that time out from eating, which is something I feel like I, I, I need. I get really hungry. And I was like, you know, I, I really need the presence of the Lord in a real way all the time. And um, so that was, that was great. I loved the concentrated time of prayer that we had this week. It was neat. talking about what Lynn Ray said about taking out that time to pray. Um, on the plaza on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, there's prayer. And also on Friday morning, 
we have prayer with the women of Trinity. And during this time, we've been praying for the unity of our, con of our congregation and for the love and outpouring into our community. And um, we've been doing this all during this series and then also this, this um, Friday. And during this time, I've been trying to pour into my own neighborhood. And I've had some really great conversations with a gal named Mary. And just this week, she told me that she wanted to come to church. And so this, this prayer that we've been praying for reaching other people is really happening. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. I want to confess, first off, that I didn't miss very many meals. Uh, I missed one meal, fasted one time. And I saw during the, the, the season that I often use uh, food as sort of a anesthesia. And, and I felt dull from all the eating that I did. And I think there's something to this fasting. I, I want to explore it further. And um, in that prayer that we've studied, Paul's last statement, his last request, uh, was that he might be fearless in his proclamation of the gospel. Um, fear is a bugaboo that I've lived with my whole life, and that's also my prayer. I'm encouraged that, uh, that Paul, uh, Paul also dealt with fear of sharing the gospel um, loudly like he should. And uh, so that's how I would love for you to pray for me. Thank you, Greg. So it seems like forever ago when we uh, help host and lead uh, Christianity Explored, and in that process, uh, I brought a friend who, um, who I think listened and uh, learned, but never really uh, accepted. And we've had some contact and interaction a little bit, but I almost intentionally just sort of, I think, let it go to some degree. But I think what the this series has taught me is that, you know, the Lord's word is truth. So uh, Thanksgiving, he texted me. I haven't really talked to him in a while. So I think that leads me to believe he's still. I'm still on his mind, and I think Lord's truth is still on his mind. So I would uh, pray that um, he come to learn that truth. And I think when we all pray uh, together as a group for people that uh, we are working with individually to learn the truth of God, that. Um, mighty things will happen. So I think it is a y'all thing that we can all reach out to uh, people in our lives, in our neighborhood, uh, to learn about God. Amen. Good morning. I don't like talking a lot in front of people, but I thought, see? <laughs> Um, I think I'll just read real quick. This is an email that I sent to Pastor Todd back on September 28th, right after Marquis and I were um, interviewed. I don't know if you guys remember that interview. I will never forget that interview. Um, and my husband's here, and I did ask him permission um, if I could share this with you guys. Um, and I said, I could write on and on. Um, 
don't know why I get nervous. I sing in front of you guys like all the time. But singing, I love to sing, so that's something that I like to do. I said I, wrote, I could um, write on and on, um, um, but I usually, I'll keep this one short, I said. <laughs> but I think I better keep this one so short. Uh, but it got long anyway, even if, as I was writing it. Uh, I just want to thank you so much for asking me to be part of the, the sermon yesterday. Being interviewed has been one of the, those things that I will remember as a highlight in my life. The love and care I received not only from you as you gently walked this road with all of us, but from so many of you who emailed me and texted was just amazing. Yet, on a very personal note, it had been months since Mark and I had hugged. And I mean hugged um, for many reasons. This one was just an added bonus, meaning the race issue, right? Yet my heart was opened through this process after many months. And we just held each other that night after the interview. And I want to thank you for that. And I better stop, I said, while I'm ahead, because the email was already starting to get long. I said, God bless you and continue to bless our church family. And truly, I want to thank you guys for the emails that you sent. Um, there were maybe a couple that were weird, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but in general, I really do want to thank you for the outpouring. Um, I know that this is a conversation that does need to continue, obviously. Um, but um, for my for my husband, Mark, he has been truly supportive through all of this. And it has been because of the prayers that you guys have. We pray now, I think. Um, you know, every night he comes and he asks, you know, that we pray together. And I think that prayer is truly, truly the way that we communicate with God, but also with each other. And so I thank you, Pastor Todd, for that interview. It really has made a huge difference in our family, through our girls. Um, and then in communication with you guys, obviously, it has been amazing to have com communication co talks with a lot of you. And I, I truly care and love all of you. And I love singing in front of you. It's one of the true ways that I worship God and with you guys. So thank you so much for helping me be a part of our church family. And thank you again, Pastor Todd. Thank you, Marta. Okay. Anyone else before we go on? It's totally fine if no one else wants to share, but if you'd like to, I'd love to give you an opportunity before we move on to another element. I'm so grateful for each and every one that's come up to share today. That's awesome to hear what God's up to and what he's doing among us. All right, so this is what I want you to do. Those of you guys watching online, we didn't get to hear from you today, but we'd love for you at some point, even maybe at the end of the service, take a moment if there's something from this series that really has stuck out to you that's been a source of help and moving forward, we'd love to have you share with one another as well. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna actually engage. We said earlier today, it's a bit of a different service. Bill's going to come up and he's going to lead us in some guided prayer. And that's going to help us just kind of have some, again, opportunity to think on some specific things and pray about those. So Bill, come on up. Yeah, so as uh, we have been going through this series, we have prayed at the end of every uh, service, just realizing that that's all along how Paul was going to end is say, you need to pray all sorts of prayers at all times for all people. And uh, even asked in that, pray for me as well. And so 
what we're going to do is just spend some time praying. I encourage you to, to pray with the people that you came with, if you'd like to, or you can just pray quietly um, before the Lord. And I'm going to give you three different prompts of prayer, and then I'll give you about a minute to pray. And then I'll unfortunately interrupt you and give you the next one, and then uh, I'll close in prayer. And so the first one is in Ephesians 6, we are told to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power to put on that full armor that he's given us so we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. And it says, because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And what I want to encourage you to do to start is to identify before the Lord, what is your struggle? What are those devil's schemes, the way that, that you're being pressed upon right now, or that we are as, as God's people? Just take a minute and identify your struggle before the Lord. Having named those struggles before the Lord, I want to remind you that Paul began the book of Ephesians praying that believers' eyes would be open to spiritual realities because we feel and we see the struggle, but what we need is hearts that see the reality of what we have been given in Jesus Christ. And he says one of those things is his incomparably great power for us who believe. And he talks about that power being the same that raised Jesus from the dead, that he is far above all the rule and authority and power and dominion that it, our struggle is coming from. And he says God placed all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet, and he appointed him to be head over everything for his church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in any, every way. As you continue to pray, I want you to give thanks to God for the reality of the power that has conquered and already won the battle, those struggles that you face. In heaven, they're won, and we need to walk in that victory. And so I encourage you, be thankful to the Lord 
and then ask him that you might take hold of that power, that we might take hold of the power that is ours in Christ Jesus. Finally, as we pray, we are doing exactly what Paul told us, what the Holy Spirit tells us to do through Paul in his scriptures when he says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. And so I want to encourage you to think when you're thinking of the struggle that is ours, to think beyond just your life. Think of this church, the struggle we face. Think of the churches in our community. And I would encourage you to think worldwide. Think of the church outside of the United States of America. We saw two videos that represented the church in Lebanon and in the Sahara. Maybe let's pray for those believers that they would stand firm in God's mighty power, putting on that armor so we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. Heavenly Father, as you listen to the prayers of your people, we know, God, that you are a God who hears 
You are a God who is able to do abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine according to your power that is at work in us. And so we ask that through the answer of these prayers, through the continued dependence upon you for us as believers in our families, in this church community, that is your church. You are the head of this church. In the church, in our larger community and around the world, God, we pray that you would enable us by being obedient to these passages to stand firm in your mighty power. Lord, we pray with the Apostle Paul, we pray that we would have the boldness to communicate the gospel clearly to the people in our world. Because, Lord, the gospel is the answer. Your death and resurrection is what accomplished our victory over the enemy. And what brings us into unity with you and in unity with one another. And so we thank you for that gospel as we celebrate that today. Lord, we thank you. May you be glorified in this church, in the church, and throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This morning, as Justin was leading us in the song, The Lion and the Lamb, I was reminded of something that I read recently in my morning devotionals, where the author was talking about spiritual warfare, and he was uh, citing 1 Peter chapter 5 that describes our enemy, Satan, like a roaring lion. And he said that the roaring lion does go about seeking people to devour, but as Christ followers, it's important to remember that the roaring lion got into a cat fight with the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he lost. And when we were singing that song, I just couldn't help but to remember that devotional and just as we were worshiping the Lord as being both lion and lamb, just what a, a fitting way to prepare our hearts and our minds to partake of communion. You see, it's because Jesus is not only the lion of the tribe of Judah who overcame, but it's also as uh, uh, Pastor Todd, as well as what, who Greg has referred to, that Jesus is also the spotless, perfect lamb of God who took away our sins. We're told in Revelation 12, verse 3, that as Christ followers, as Christians, that we have overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. And so while we are engaged in a very real and a very present battle, it is important, it is vital, it is crucial that we remember that we do so as those who have overcome because Christ has overcome for us. And one day this battle will be over, it will be taken care of, and while we have skirmishes this side of heaven, we know that the battle, the warfare is won. And so I'm really thankful for that, and I'm really thankful that we get to do this series response to this armed sermon series. And what better way to, to end it 
by partaking of communion and celebrating and rejoicing in not only Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, but Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And so that night, Jesus was gathered before he would go to the cross, and he was gathered with the disciples, and he took the bread. And yeah, if you need communion elements, please feel free to get up. Don't worry. I used to be a teacher. I deal with distractions all the time. You're all good. But the night Jesus was with his disciples, he, he was up there, and he took the bread, and he passed it around, and he told them that as they would partake of this bread, they would do so in remembrance of his body, his sinless, perfect body that would go to the cross and that would bear the punishment for your sin and for my sin. And so go ahead and grab your communion elements. It's a little tricky here, this little wrapper, but go ahead and peel that back. We will partake of the wafer. Let us partake of the bread of life, Jesus, together. And then Jesus, he took the cup and he passed it around to his disciples and he said, this cup is representative of the new covenant, the blood that will be spilled to usher about a new covenant a new promise, a greater promise, a promise of salvation that is not by works of the law, but by works of faith, by trusting in Jesus, the one who would shed his blood for your sin and for my sin. And so let us partake of the juice together, remembering what Jesus has done for us. When we're done with service, there are gonna be some trash cans at the exits. You could just go ahead and throw your communion, uh, the wrapper and stuff away there. But before we do that, would you join with me in a word of prayer? Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus, indeed, the one who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the sovereign ruling one, Thank you that he is both lion and he is lamb. And that it's as, Father, he lived that sinless, perfect life for us. And then he died that sacrificial death. And then he rose again powerfully on the third day. That we know that we have overcome the evil one. I pray, Father, today that your children, us as a church family, would know that, Father, the victory has been secured through your son. And we would just simply respond and live out and walk in that victory. And Father, we would do so, not just uh, going about our own way, but Father, we would share the good news with other people that we indeed would speak boldly like Paul prayed for. And we would make known to others the way of salvation through Christ your son. We thank you, Father, that you love us so greatly. In Jesus' name, amen.